Awesome. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. Hey, we are doing um, Resilient Church this morning. So guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to test your resiliency. (laughs) Be afraid. No. Hey, what I'm going to do is we do have a couple of questions this morning. So I'm going to encourage you to have some questions and to answer some questions and to have some general dialogue. So what I'm going to need from you is I would like you guys to be in like little groups of like say twos or threes or fours. And I want you to take the next 60 seconds, uh, turn around to someone if you don't know them or if you know the people next to you, just be like, love you, but I'm going to choose someone else today. And say hi, introduce yourself and say, we are a team. Okay, look at each other and go, we are a team. You've got 60 seconds to just say hello, introduce yourselves. Right. 15 seconds. Some of you heard the, t- the term team and you're like, oh, it's a quiz. We're going to win. Sorry, no. The competitive amongst you, just chill, just relax. It's not a competition. Okay. Kia ora. Welcome to Cornerstone Church Rollison. If we've not met, kia ora. My name is uh, Andre. My wife and I, we lead Cornerstone Church Rollison, and it is great to, to be here this morning. Hello to everybody watching online, and if you are just sitting there with your cat named Daisy. Anyone have a cat named Daisy? <laughs> Horatio the cat. Um, you can play with them at home. All right, uh, let's pray. Father, I just want to thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you that you do have something to say, uh, not just through me, but... Um, through you, ultimately, Holy Spirit, through me and through the conversations that we are about to have. Amen. Hey, just before I get started, there's one thing I wanted to just say. I'm going to pause my clock for a second. Um, yeah, pastors need clocks, otherwise we go over. Hey, even when I have a clock, I still go over, so what am I, what am I saying? Yeah, yeah, that's right. We're a resilient church. You can put up with it. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Um, hey, just as we were singing, and that last worship song, that newish worship song, who loves that? That's just, that's great, man. It's got an anointing on it. Um, and I was just reminded of a sermon that I did uh, towards the end of last year, but it's not an idea that is of my own. I just ran with it. But I just wanted to say that this morning I felt like there were people in the house, people here at church, and you're here for different reasons, but some of you are struggling with the three Bs. Historically, uh, when you've gone to church, What's the first thing you have to do? You've got to behave the right way. Then, once you behave the right way, then you can, uh, then, you, then you've got to believe what we believe. Then once you've behaved, once you've believed, then you belong. And I just don't think that's what the Holy Spirit's saying. I just want to say whoever's here today just going, oh, it's a little bit awkward and I don't know how I feel and I fit. You belong. Not just here at Cornerstone Church, but you belong in the presence of God. God loves you. Don't worry about the belief. Don't worry about the behave stuff right now. I'm just saying you belong. Okay? Don't not just, just here. I'm not just trying to emotionally manipulate you into this church. I'm just saying you belong in the presence and in the family of God. Understood? Cool. All right. Now we can start. <laughs> oh, 16 seconds. I'm going to reset. 
I'm going to give myself that 16 seconds. All right. Hey, so we are doing Resilience Part 3. Who's heard Resilience Part 1, which was Resilient Me? Who's heard Resilience Part 2, which is Resilient Christian? Who's heard... No, okay, we'll get there. So, Resilience, uh, three-part series. If you remember, we started with this plan, and then God has his own plan, and I had COVID, and then it went like this, and then it went that way, and then it went under there, and then it changed, and then we had a new date, then we had to change that date. We were going to do this one on the 26th of February, but now we're here on the 12th of March with Resilience 3. I'm glad that you are resilient. Flexing our flexibility, I've heard it said. Quick recap, if you weren't here. Uh, I think it was two weeks ago I was here and we did the uh, Resilient Christian. We talked about that um, adversity does not discriminate. You remember that? I actually got people to stand up if they had gone through any list of these uh, adverse times. And I would say 95% of the church was standing. Adversity doesn't discriminate. Therefore, we all need to have some sort of resiliency to go through adversity, correct? So um, we, had, we came up with six points, which uh, makes a resilient Christian. And I actually asked, I did ask people to do some homework. I'm going to be really brave because it's a never a good thing. Anyone who's been a teacher knows who's done their homework and only one person puts your hand up and you feel like a failure. But I'm going to do it anyway. Did anybody ponder that week like I'd asked them to on their, oh yeah, see those hands. Oh, good teacher, gold point, gold star for me. Six points on what makes a resilient Christian. We talked about a resilient Christian is powerful because they are plugged into the power source. They are tethered. They are connected to God. Point number two was a resilient Christian knows their place. They know that they are in the world. They're not apart from it or that they're in the world, but they are not of the world. We're there, we're connected, and we are to be lights in the darkness. However, we are a little bit different. We know our place. We are culture setters. We don't let the culture set us. We set the culture as Christians. Point number three, we talked about a resilient Christian is concerned about being relationally loving over being relationally right. That was a little hard for some of us to swallow. I'll say that again. Um, it's more important to be relationally loving than relationally right. I'm not saying theologically. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying in relationship. If you keep chasing after being right in relationship, do you know what happens? That makes the other person wrong. If you're wanting to win, what's the opposite of winning? Losing. You don't want to be in a relationship, whatever relationship you do, but have a loser in the relationship. We're all losing if that's our mindset. Point number four, uh, resilient Christian conquers offense. Remember how I said offense will come. Offense does jump on your back. It will happen. And then occasionally you're like, I'm feeling really heavy. It's because I've got Conrad on my back. <laughs> I could totally do that. I don't know if he's here this morning. I think I saw him. There he is. No, oh, no, nah, he's got a sore knee. He wouldn't want to do that. Um, he doesn't have a sore knee. Uh, I lied. <laughs> okay, so um, uh, offense does come, but it's our job to identify and release it and give it to God. Uh, our point number five on what it makes a resilient Christian, Christian is a resilient Christian is built through trials. Just like building a muscle doesn't happen overnight, but you build resiliency as you go through uh, trials. And point number six was a resilient Christian stands up to be counted. Not always stands against, but stands for as well. There is a subtle difference. All right, today's plan, it's going to be broken into two parts. Uh, the majority of it will be around, we become a resilient church by, 
And then the second and smaller part is what a resilient church will produce once we're there. I just want to say wherever you are, if you're new here or you're a guest or you're trying to figure out if this is your church, um, we're just talking, we're talking in general, but also specifically here. Where, where we're talking specifically at Cornerstone, I'll mention it. But if you're interested about joining uh, a faith community, this one or another one, wherever you are, I think these truths remain evident wherever you go. Okay. So, Part three, a resilient church. First point I want to make, uh, so this is our key verse, 2 Corinthians 4, 8. This is our key verse for the whole series. We are afflicted in every way, crushed, perplexed, driven to despair, persecuted, forsaken, struck down, destroyed. The but not (laughs) series. We're going to talk about a resilient church. We are going to talk about here at Cornerstone and the church in general. But this is God's church, right? This is God's church. Any other church is not the leader's church. It is God's church. Jesus said, I will build my church. This is his church. So full recognition right from the get-go. This is Jesus' church. He's in control. We listen and we're led by him. I want you to read. No, I'm going to read. That's what I'm doing. I didn't push start. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, yeah, that was good. It was an accident. All right, I'm going to read. I just want you to picture. If you know your Bible, you'll know the story reasonably well. And if you don't, that's okay. I'm going to read it to you. Story time with Uncle Dre. Okay, Acts chapter 2, verses 40 onwards. It's something that you'll be familiar with. I'm going to read it to you. You don't have to worry too much. We're talking about a resilient church. Listen to this picture of church. With many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them. This is uh, Stephen, I think. Um, Save yourself from those corrupt generation. Those who accepted the message were baptized and 3,000 were added to the name, uh, to the number to the day. Verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miracles and signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together, together, and had everything in common. They were selling their possessions and goods, and they gave to everyone um, who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Acts 2.42, great picture of a resilient, unified church. You know, we've been through our struggles as, a, as a, the church globally has been through struggles over the last few years when it comes to church. But can we all agree, probably not quite to the same degree that they went through. You read the um, early parts of Acts and you read uh, what happened and the persecution that came. It was pretty full on. But they were together. They were united. I want you to have that picture in your mind. All right. Um, this guy, Reverend Henry Seed, says this. A resilient church is strong, hardy, adaptable, tough, and steadfast. A church that isn't, resili- uh, sorry, isn't resilient is weak and flexible and rigid. Resilient churches bounce back from challenges and move forward. Resilience is toughness with flexibility. 
I don't know about you, but I think I can speak on behalf of the leadership. We were super thankful for the most part on wherever you were on the spectrum of the COVID stuff. For the most part, people were pretty resilient and flexible to be able to adapt and change as times went and did, and we had pressures on us and those sorts of things. So I just want to say thank you again. Um, that for the most part, we were pretty flexible in the ability to, to love and to connect on a regular basis. So we've done six for the first one, six for the second one, and for the third and final part of the series, we will also do six steps to becoming a resilient church. My question for you is, I want you to think about how you are a part of the church. Now, it may not be this church, I totally understand, or the movement of God, if you prefer, but if you're a member of this church, you can say that. You're not just here hearing a sermon. My challenge for you this morning is for you personally. When you read these points, when we interact with God's word, ask yourself the question, how do I fit in this? What's my place in this? All right, step number one, when we become, uh, we become a resilient church by, it's really quite simple, loving despite. I'm going to use spite because it's the despite Um, but I don't know about you, but if I'm going to be honest, there have been a couple of times, even as a pastor, that I have wanted to respond to things in spite. Well, they said this, they didn't like this, they didn't want this, oh, they didn't think you did a good enough job. There's a little part of me that jumps in and goes, (laughs) there's the spite that lifts, that, that, that comes up in me. We become a resilient church loving despite. And there are lots of despites. Um, 1 John 4, 8 says this, Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. To be a resilient church, we do need to be loving. And we need to acknowledge that sometimes there are some spites. We need to uh, love despite sometimes our prejudice or our lack of understanding about someone or something. We need to love despite our backgrounds and experiences, our fears. I once had a person, I knew there was some tension between us and them for some reason. I hardly knew the person. And eventually I got out of her and said, my pastor, my last pastor treated me so badly that I just, I just do not like you. I was like, cool. Hi, I'm Andre. <laughs> um, but there was an experience that she was carrying some spite. And I understand that. Part of being a mature Christian is understanding that and working with it. So loving despite our preconceptions, loving despite our comfortability. Is anyone fine when God asks you to the practical end of being really loving to someone? Sometimes it's quite uncomfortable. Oh, great. I've got to go mow their lawns. I've got to go and do this or I do that. Is that just me? Okay, it's just me. Great. Loving despite our expectations, our preferences, our negative experiences. It's loving despite. I have three questions for your, for your little team. Are you ready? Okay. Well, first, before we do the questions, I'm going to assume one of you either has internet access or you have a Bible with you. You can borrow my Bible if you need it. But I'd like to turn around into your teams, do this to each other, and then... I want you to please read 1 Corinthians 13, 1 to 13, and just be thinking, one of you to read it out loud for the rest to hear, or to Google search it yourself, and I want you to just read about the resilient church and about loving people. Go. You've got one minute.
Read it nice and loud to everybody in your group. All right, 20 seconds. 10 more seconds. Wave your hands in the air once your group have done it. Nobody. (laughs) All right, wave your hands in the air once you're done. Cool. I see that late hand. All right. It is hard. <laughs> that, that, what, did anyone find that pretty interesting? It's pretty cool in this context, right? Um, you can do many and great things in the name of the Lord, but if it's not done in a place of love, it can be hurtful. You remember, I think it was the two weeks ago, I talked about how you can say the truth, you can say the right thing in the wrong way, right? You can do the right thing in the wrong way. That uh, picture I showed is someone, you know, a desperate family in the desert wanting water. And if I just come up to them and I turn the hose on full and splat them in the face, yes, that's giving them water, but that's not in the appropriate way. Loving despite. That's how we become a resilient church. And understanding that we do have some spites occasionally and going, oh, Holy Spirit, why is there something up in this about this? I have a feeling about something. Just ask the Holy Spirit. Reveal to me, do I need to get rid of something? Have I got a past trauma that I am interpreting this through? We love despite. Now, here's your three questions. Now, I do want to say quickly, um, everybody has slightly different theology and opinion. So if someone has a different theology and opinion with you, you don't have to argue with them. You can just be like, cool, boo, cool. That's okay, but I want you to just take a minute as your group to discuss this. What does truly, what does a truly loving church look like? And I've got three questions. You've just got a few seconds each to share a thought. What does uh, a loving, sorry, truly loving church look like in regards to a new person to church? If you're new, you could say, well, hey, this is what I see. I, I, I want to be invited. I want a free coffee. I don't know what it is. You've got 60 seconds in your group to just unpack that yourselves. Here's the thing, by the way. A lot of you have a lot more experience than I do. Then There will be nuggets of truth and things that you can activate in your life from these conversations. Probably better than what I could do from the front. This is why we're doing it. And what do I sometimes say? Different is good. Different good is good. Different is okay. All right, you've got one minute to discuss that. Then I have a next question for you. Go. This is an easy one. All right, 20 seconds. Don't hog the time. Give it to someone else. Good. Well done. All right. That was entry level. Next question. In regards to community involvement, what does a loving church look like? What, as a member of this community, what's our role? What are we here for? You could unpack that in a big theological overarching narrative way, or you could talk about some practicals. You've got one minute. Go. What does a truly loving church look like in regards to community involvement? 20 seconds. Well done. 
Well done. Good work. All right. Point number three, or question number three quickly. By the way, well done, Resilient Church. You went to church thinking you just had to sit there and the pastor's making you talk. It's like when the boss gets you to do his job. (laughs) All right, last question. Here we go. This one is a little more curly, okay? Be graceful in people's responses. Part of a resilient church is realizing that we're all different with different experiences, different thoughts and theologies. What does a truly loving church look like to someone who's seeking God and whose life may not yet follow Christian norms? So that can entail a lot of different things. But I think the principle, the heart response, is fairly similar. Be nice to each other. You've got one minute. Easy subject, 20 seconds to go. All right, well done. Okay. Good work, everybody. Easy subject to discuss in one minute with four strangers, isn't it? Really easy. Yeah, right. Well done. Good job. Did anybody hear some good thoughts in those, in those three questions? Yeah, cool. Okay. Point number two. So we spend about 60% of our time in point number one, but that's okay. I think if we spend 60% of our time as a church on loving, that's not a bad thing. I think that is important. We become a resilient church by what you guys have just done, realizing that this is a bit of a team sport. This is a collective activity. I, um, I, I often hear people say, hey, Dre, your church, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, hey, this is your church. I remember uh, Pastor Linden in the first three months, um, it might have been like two months and three weeks, because I think by three months I'd asked him on to eldership. But uh, two months and three weeks in, um, he said, oh, yeah, have you thought about what you do with your church in this way? Or what do you think about your church in this way? And I said, hey, hey, buddy, this is your church. He's like, oh, okay, I'm a cool. Now it's your church, help me. (laughs) This is your church. It's not mine. (laughs) This is God's church, but we are here, part of it, which is exciting. When people knock on the door at the hub, I'm like, hey, this is your house. Come on in. Unless someone's in the shower, then that's inappropriate. Okay. (laughs) Sorry. First Thessalonians. And we urge you, brothers and sisters, all those who are idle and disruptive, encourage the disheartened, help the weak, be patient with everyone. We are here together in this community. Here's the thing. Some of you, not looking at anyone, let's look up there. Some of you attend church. Just let that implication sit in. Some of you attend church. But we are called to be the church. You, me, Horatio, we are the church. What does it look like from your end to be a part of the church? It might be going to a connect group. It might be going, hey, I'm really, really nervous right now in this connect five thing, but that person looks like how I feel. This is my church too. I could go talk to them. Anyone else had that internal monologue? Just me. (laughs) It's about ownership. We have to own this. But the thing about being, having ownership, it doesn't come by itself. There's one step before ownership, and it's this. We actually have to be committed. Committed in relationship. 
you know, if like if you're in a connect group and you don't really know people and it's a little hard to be vulnerable about your thoughts and feelings and your experiences, you've got to build some relational equity. That comes with connectedness. That comes with commitment. So to be a resilient church, we actually need to be committed. Hey, warts and all, uh, valleys, valleys and mountains, high tops, good, bad, I'm in this thing. I mean, obviously there's to a degree. I'm not trying to run a cult here or anything like this, like, follow me. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying as being a part of a faith community requires uh, resilience and requires a commitment to being a part of it. Criticism, just quickly. I've faced that from time to time. Here's the interesting thing about criticism when it comes to church. Because everybody has their thoughts on how things should be done, and I totally get that. And I've had, I think one of the more obvious things when it comes to preferences, we will talk about that, is worship. Everybody listens to different music, right? Everybody listens to different music. Then we're expected to bring 250 people on a Sunday together and pick one style of music and go, everybody like it. And I've, I've said that to people, and people are like, well, it's fine for you. You get to pick the preference of music. And I was like, oh, you don't know me. Because if it was me, we would have uh, skinny jeans and um, uh, 90s screamo rock uh, and uh, punk bands. That's, that's how we would be doing worship. If it was my preference, I'm just, anyone want to come to that worship team? Yeah, <laughs> good work. Yeah, that, that, I'm just sorry. That's my, that, that would be me. But I understand that that's probably not everybody's cup of tea, and we have 250 people that we've got to, you know, all take on the journey. We don't want barriers. We want we want it to be accessible for everybody. You don't want to come in and be like, okay. So country and western, get, get behind me. <laughs> Punk's okay. Country and western? <laughs> so criticism, um, it, it's a critical eye, not outworked in love, turns to criticism. There's a difference between having a critical nature. Who here is a person that just sort of critiques things? Not in a terrible way, but if you had a muffin on Thursday and you had a muffin last week, you're comparing those two muffins. Is anyone else or anyone married to a person like that? When you don't have that critical eye anchored in love, guess what it turns to? Criticism. That criticism. Right, And so what I'm getting to here is in church, being a part of a big, wide group of people, what we have to realize is that ownership plus that critical eye plus criticism is no longer criticism, but it turns to a strategy. And what I mean by that, there's a difference, and I notice it and I hear it. If someone comes to me and says, Dre, I do not like the worship, or I do not like that, or why do you do this, and rah, 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 and this is my, my last church, it was much better this way. Not that any of you have ever done that. But there's a difference if someone comes and says, hey, I've been thinking and praying about it. Is there a reason why, can you help me understand why we do this? And I'll go, ah, well, we do it for this reason or we do it because we always have. And then the person says, well, I've been thinking, maybe it might be a good idea if we tried doing this. And often when they've been thinking about it and there's a strategicness to it, you can feel it in your spirit and you go, yeah, let's give that a go. There's a difference between having a strategy and being a part. And here's the other thing. People come in and saying, hey, I've got an idea of this. Can I help be involved in the solution? Not just outlining the problem, but just being like, hey, um, I noticed that we're having to push back 10 o'clock every morning because every Sunday morning. Why is that? Oh, it's because we don't have enough packing crew. All right. <laughs> I can help. I can be involved. There's a difference. 
uh, we become a resilient church, point three, by being fearless. Uh, Joshua 1.9, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. We are called to be a resilient church, to be fearless. We're fearless in our finances. Right, Rob? <laughs> you hear that? Yep. <laughs> the right word's coming out of here. <laughs> no, he is. He's fearless. Um, you know, when we talked about our building project, this is just to put a picture to it. I might have talked about this the other day. Um, I can't remember. I said it somewhere. But when we said, hey, the building project, the actual building that we're building on Triple Nine Goulds Road, that won't be a focus for the church. Okay? You know what that looks like with skin on? Is when it comes to, oh my gosh, we really need to employ a new youth worker. Oh my gosh, we really need to employ someone to do a bit more pastoral care because we only have one full-time pastor. But we've got the building project. Yes, but that God told us for that not to be a focus. So in f- with no fear, we go, actually, God's called us to both. God is going to supply both. And he has, and he is, and he will do. Yes, there's always wisdom and discernment, absolutely. But when you hear from God about it, you can step out in faith, right? We, we need to be a fearless church. A fearless church places itself in the realms of faith. Realms of faith. We can. We do. I remember the first year. It was anyone here when we did our first, I think it was in 2018, we did our first Father's Day out. Anyone here? It was a big event, and there wasn't that many of us. We were a little nervous about what this looked like, but we were fearless, and we went out there and did, we did it. And it was awesome, and the community really loved it. Point number four, we become a resilient church by being more concerned about God's presence than our own preferences. That should sting a little. I have my preferences. 90s rock band music. Worship. The moment we let our preferences be the thing that we're aiming towards is where we start to go wrong. And I've got to do that too. And someone who's in leadership and has the ability to select and change and choose things, I've got to stand before God and say, okay, God, what do you want in this area? What direction do you want to go? I actually, here's the thing. Here's a big statement. Take a deep breath. I do think that the enemy will often use our preferences as a tool to bring disunity. We're in a, we, we are in a culture where it's, I get what I want. I can be what I want. I say what I want. I do whatever I want. But if we actually give that to God and say, I'm here as a community, as a communal sacrifice, to be a part of a community, that is something cool. Being more concerned about God's presence than his preferences. Jeremiah 29, you will seek me and find me, and when you seek me with all of your preferences. Sorry, no, no, no. When you seek me with all of your likes. No? When you seek me with all of the things you want to do. No, when we seek with all our heart. This is God speaking. That's this thing that we say all the, all the time. What is the main thing? It's not just doing church, but it's about coming together to God. It is the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. It's not very deep, but it makes the point. Point number five, we become a resilient church by, willing to being, by being willing to grow. Here's the thing. Growth isn't always easy. It's a bit awkward. 
It's a bit sore. Pastor Lyndon talked about growing pains. I've got a 10-year-old who's mostly just floppy hair at the moment. He's skinny and tall. Uh, and his legs, he's just like, my legs hurt. And I'm like, yeah, it's because you grow like an inch a week. <laughs> it hurts. <laughs> growing, growing is a thing that we all are called to do. I remember when I first arrived at church, this was someone years ago, and they no longer remember this church, but they said to me, um, hey, I, they were like, wow, they, wow, they were a certain age, quite old, older, uh, and they said, um, you know what, I've kind of, I've got to the point where I don't really need to do that anymore. I was like, do what? And they're like, you trying to get us to change. And I was like, oh, really? You should talk to Warren. <laughs> Warren who stands up and says, I'm 80 and I'm still figuring it, figuring it out. But I remember this person basically saying, I've reached the point where I no longer need to grow because I'm 76. You go, really? You're just perfect, just floating around on rainbows and butterflies? I don't think so. We all are needing some growth. The Bible says in Galatians, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithful, good, faith, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Can you be love, joy, peace, and patience, and kindness, and goodness without growing? I don't think you can. We are called to grow. Here's the other thing. Even numerically, I do believe... There is, there should be growth. I'm not a big proponent of big churches, best church, never. I think there's all sorts of churches that God brings to place. But I think the moment you stand in the place and go, nope, someone sat in my chair last Thursday. That's unacceptable. I'm not happy about it. You can express, hey, gosh, the church has grown. And for those who have been here for a number of years, you'd be, gosh, the church has changed a lot. But I'm glad that people are being connected, that people are meeting Jesus. Yes, it changes and things like that, but I'm okay with that. Knowing is growing. Because I think in your Christian walk, you need to understand where there are errors. You need to know how to change. You need to let the Holy Spirit into your brain, into our minds, to let us and help us change. Knowing is growing. We need to be uh, growing to be a church that is resilient. Point number six and the last one um, is we become a resilient church by chasing unity while celebrating diversity. We are both the same and different, and we love that. Finally, brothers and sisters, reject strive or full restoration. Encourage one another. Be of one mind. Live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you always. It's helpful for us to understand our strengths and the strengths of others. There's this great thing, I think um, uh, Canterbury Youth Services, CYS does it, it's called uh, Strength to Strength. Is that right? Strength Finders, wrong thing. Strength Finders. Thank you, Hannah. Uh, Strength Finders. And you can do this big online quiz. Anyone here done Strength Finders? You can do this big online test and it gives you five things that are your strength. It doesn't shape you. It doesn't say who you are but it can help you to understand who you are. And there's this other thing that um, Pastor Lyndon mentioned last week um, about the beaver, the otter, the golden retriever, and I'm missing one, the lion. There we go. I should, I should rec- yeah, that's what I am. I remember that. Um, and something like this is just a five-minute personality test. It's helpful to understand, ah, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm the beaver that loves all the details and the systems and when I'm working with that lion who's, or, or working with the otter, who's just like, yeah, let's party! Woo! <clears throat> Buzz Linden. <laughs> um, that actually, hey, there's a, the otters are good. 
even though I'm a beaver. And the otters can recognize that beavers are good and that, that golden retrievers are good, right? We can celebrate, we can be unified, but we can celebrate our diversity. I'm thankful that in our team, our staff team, we have a bunch of uh, beavers and we've got some otters and we've got some lions and we all come together and work together. All right, can I have the worship team up, please? The resilient church, this is the last thing, it produces fruit. Grace and forgiveness. I want you to ask yourself this question. Yes, our church, our resilient church should produce these things, but I'm going to ask you also, would you look at this and ask me, ask where do I fit in this? Am I graceful and am I forgiving in a church context? How many people know you will get offended? Am I being flexible? A resilient church is flexible. A resilient church has members who are leaders, not necessarily in ministry, but my desire, my desire is to see each and every one of you in your workplace, in your family, with your neighbors, in your community groups, leading, not to be the alpha, but leading people towards grace, hope, and truth. That's all a leader is, is leading someone somewhere. My heart is to see Cornerstone filled with leaders, not for our own ranks, but people go, you know what? I might not be the alpha lion guy, but I know where I'm heading and you can follow me. In our workplace, I will be the one who doesn't gossip. I'll be the one that encourages. I'll be the one that leads others. A resilient church has a missional mindset. They're looking out and beyond themselves, both locally and globally. That's something we're, exper- we're looking into this year. If you're ever interested about missions, come and see Mike and Ruth who are waving their hands right now. Generous. You can tell a resilient church if they're generous to each other, to the community. You can tell a resilient church by its response. When something happens in the community, do the church go, no, my problem. Or do they go, yeah, we'll help. Yep. You need help? Oh, you guys need a priest? Oh, you need a playground built? We can help. Oh, there's been a disaster. You, we need, you need aid? We can help. Oh, you need our venue for this? We can help. I want to see us to be a church that responds. And then the last one, there's an equality amongst its members. It's not, hey, the pastors are the ones. We can all be a part. That's why I wanted to make the illustration today. Get you guys to answer some questions questions amongst your own group. There's an equality. There's a togetherness. The other thing I'd say about this is I noticed this from a senior pastor's perspective. People don't always have equality. You might have heard me say that every relationship you have, the relationship I have with Jeremy, the relationship I have with Nikki, the relationship I have with Matt and Horatio, Those relationships, they're all relationships that are individual and specific. I own 50% of that relationship, correct? I can only do 50%. They do 50%. But it's really interesting with leaders and with pastors how people go, you never came and spoke to me. You never came and talked to me. And you do the best you can. But also I'm reminded that actually, hey, we own. There's no, there's equality. You can come, you can talk, our doors are always open and we will do everything we can as pastors to be in your lives. But also I've had people go, 
you know, you didn't come when my sister died. Okay, did you tell anybody? No. I, I, I don't know what you want me to do with that. <laughs> Let us know. So this is my encouragement and my invitation to your connect group leaders, to your friends, to your, uh, to your ministry leaders, to the pastors, to the elders. Let us know. Open up. You own 50% as well. Hey, can we stand to our feet? This is the six uh, resilient things. Be loving. It's a team sport. Be fearless in the face. Have presence over, sorry, pre- oh, there we go. We made a mistake. Presence over presence. <laughs> presence over preference. I'm glad that you're resilient and you forgive me. Growing as a church and unity while celebrating diversity. What I'd like you to do is I just want you, just while the worship team is just quiet for a moment, just get back into your twos or threes, and I want to ask you this question. Which one of these is something that you feel either you're good at and God wants to encourage you in that strength or something that you want to develop and grow? You've got 60 seconds, and what I want you to do is look at that and just ask God. And it might be, Lord, I ask you to guide and help me and develop in and with me a fearlessness in the face. I want to be a part of the solution in Cornerstone Church to be fearless. You've got 60 seconds. You have a think of those in yellow. And then when you're ready, you just, in your mind, you can pray it out. Off you go. All right. Once you've prayed, I encourage you to lay hands and pray for someone in your team, in your little group. If you need something to say, there's something there. If you're like, I'm nervous. But if you're not, and you just want to get into your little groups and just say, something to the equivalent of, I bless this person. I thank you that they are in our church. I thank you that they're thinking about going to a church. I thank you that they're on the journey connecting with God. May you bless them and keep them. May you encourage them. Can we do that for 60 seconds? And if you need help, you can just read that out. Say hello to the person again in your team and quickly pray for each other. 20 seconds. Okay. Well done. Well done. If you've finished, give a high five to your team members. Give them a well done. Say good job. The pastor made us do stuff this morning and we didn't leave. Good work. I hope those playing at home were able to do that. Are you guys all okay? I hope that this resilience series has been helpful. Um, We can make the slides available to anyone who would like them. And I pray that it's been a blessing to you as a person, individually as a Christian, and then also as a church. Thank you, worship team, as we just worship God. Thank you.